Honestly, now I only say funny things if there's a microphone around me, and otherwise I just refuse to talk. <laughs> yeah. Do we need another theme song? Uh, do you want to do another theme Please. song? Please. Dane has lots of friends. They're animals. Animal friends with Dane. Aww. Wow. I love it. And she also has non-animal friends now. That's a thing. That's true, too. That's true, too. And welcome to Tortal Recall, the podcast where we reread the Tortal books and yell about them. We're finishing up our discussion of Wild Magic, uh, which is the first in the Immortals Quartet. Uh, my name is Gus, and my pronouns are they, them. My name is Amy, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Kelly, and my pronouns are she, her, and I have ridden a horse. <laughs> oh, I've also ridden a horse. <laughs> I, Gus, have also ridden a horse at one time. I was bad at it. <laughs> Uh, I'm Shelby, and uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I've also ridden a horse, which makes this a very boring question, guys. (laughs) What was the horse named? Mine was Goliath. Uh, it was named something Icelandic. It was also, like, not happy with me as a rider. I was, like, (laughs) insufficiently skilled. Goliath tried to bite another horse while I was riding him. I've never ridden a different horse than that. <laughs> the last one I rode was named Weasel. And I think that's, the only- <laughs> yeah. that's the only actual horse I've ridden. I've ridden some ponies aside from that. I'm pretty short, so ponies usually work out for me. Weasel was also not friendly towards other horses. Um, yes. <laughs> Weasel is a really good horse. He was a beautiful white stallion, and his name was Weasel. <laughs> this is the best opener we're ever going to do. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, Alright. Uh, I guess we're starting We're starting in with uh, Social Justice Corner. And what, what should we start with? What do we want to talk about? Do we just want to kind of talk about like feminism for a bit? Yeah, let's let's talk about feminisms. So I feel like this book was like a lot more relaxing for me in regards to <laughs> feminism. Like, because there were, first of all, right off the bat, Onua was there and she's incredible and I love her. But also that means that right off the bat, the protagonist got to talk to like a woman <laughs> uh, and not just a series of dads and like terrible guys mm-hmm. um so that was really nice uh yeah i mean i think it definitely does fall into the uh thing of you can't have good representation if you only have one it doesn't matter how you represent them if there's only one it's a problem because any any existence of a character in the absence of other characters like them makes a statement in a way that having multiple characters allows you to say, actually, groups of people are diverse within a specific identity. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, by the, by just by virtue of having more female characters, it is inherently more relaxing because you're like, well, no, there are, like, women like Dane, and there are women like Onua, and, like, they're all great. They're just all so Onua. good, and I love them all so much. 
And I also really appreciate that we heard back from Alana and towards the end of the book, she was like, actually, Dane, like, you shouldn't live with just guys. You should have women around you. <laughs> because that's just like, I'm so glad that Alana's like, got, that Alana has like female friends now. Yeah, no, I didn't so put that in the context her. of her journey, but that is so true. Like, <laughs> that was definitely her being like, don't do it. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I'm really glad that we got to hear that from Alana, and I think that actually made all of the last books better for me, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, her whole series was a lot nicer now that I know that, like, she's doing better in that respect <laughs> now. And I think it's also nice for, like, Dane, similarly to Alana, where she's sort of, like, coming into the books, like, being, like, a young teen child, like, sort of, like, alone in the world without parental figures to, like, immediately have, like, I know one of the big complaints from the Alana books was, like, she has, like, no good potential, like, older female role models, and, like, Dane suddenly, like, has so many, as well as, like, some older male role models who seem, like, more supportive than some of Alana's, which I think is really nice. Mm-hmm. I feel, like, safer for Dane. Mm-hmm. I also think it's great that, like, not only do we have all of these different women around but they're all like still in the same context so it's even saying like even within women who like want to ride around on horseback defending people from bandits there's still more than one way to be a woman you know it's not like okay you can either be like the queen and hang out at court or you can be Alana and fight people like it's like actually like everybody's complex and everybody can have similar interests while also being very different Mm mm-hmm Folks, I this is I I I love Thayette so much. I love her so much. That story that that Burry was telling about how like she had this very elaborate, very expensive dress, and then she went on a rescue mission to save somebody, and just like the dress got wrecked. Where's the fan art? Oh my God! Where's the fan art? Like, I just want, like, a comic, like, a laid-out comic of Thayette, like, just, like, doing heroics over the course of ten pages and the dress, like, gets, like, wrecked, but not in, like, a gross way no. that people sometimes do. No, no, in an artistic, like, it gets kind of cut off in a ragged hem with, like, like some mud, but in, like, mm-hmm. an artistically spattered way. Right. Yeah, and it, like, becomes 100% more functional over time uh-huh. because Thayette's like, all right, gotta do a rescue, gotta tear off the entire, like, hem of this. Right, the very classic, uh. like, impromptu tailoring in the middle of the mission. Oh. Uh. Just, uh, think about it. Uh, if any, if anyone who listens to this does fan art and is interested in doing fan art of it, please tag us. Because yes. I, I want to put that in my eyes. Or the fic. I will also take the fic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's so good. I love Thayette so much. I also love that she is still just, like, a breathtakingly beautiful woman who's just, like, hanging out wearing pants and Dane just, like, finds her and is instantly in love the way everyone is. Every single person, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, Thayette. Yeah. I forgot she was married to John and I got really disappointed. Also, there's the great moment, uh, truly, truly beautiful moment of Dane shaking her hand and mm-hmm. being like, oh, man, I was nearly worried I was talking to a noble, but clearly <laughs> a noble a- wouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. A noble wouldn't have a callus. <laughs> no, this is Thayette you're talking about, Dane. You don't know anything. <laughs> oh, she has so much to learn. 
I feel like maybe that's like a bit of a transition to something that I was thinking about when I read this book. So in the Alana series, right, Alana was like maybe not the super fanciest noble, but she started out as a noble. And here Dane like is really obviously like a commoner and like a farmer and like also from another country. And like that's a really big part of her identity. So I think it's really nice that Tamora Pierce introduced that perspective. But I also think it's interesting and I guess I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about like the way that she like deals with like the nobleness and the wealth of the other people in Tortle because she sort of does it in a like in a like don't worry about them way like the nobles here like are so friendly and talk with commoners and do all this yet they are still nobles and they have like immensely more wealth and power it's still stratified society like Mm -hmm. does that make it okay I don't know right no I also felt very strongly about this and like there's a lot of aspects to it there's also the fact that like Dane never seems to push back about about the class system at all. Like, at no point does she, like, maybe I should be allowed to have input. At, at every point, she's like, oh, man, like, it's absolutely crazy that nobles would want to talk to me. And, like, you know, she literally says, like, um, when Alana says, like, oh, you know, you can feel free to, like, call on us because, you know, you helped us out, we'll help you out. Uh, and she says, people like her had no business bothering the great and wealthy. Which is just, like, oh. Um, And that is, like, I feel like it is this very classic depiction of inequality where we're kind of supposed to recognize that, like, Dane is a good person because, because she's not pushing against it, but everybody, like, makes way for her anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like that's part of how we're supposed to know that she's, like, cool and good and nice, is that, like, she accepts the class system, but then also it poses no challenge to her at any point, because she's just so cool that, like, she doesn't have to deal with actually being a peasant. Yeah, and the nobles are sort of presented, like, like the classic, like, noble benefactors. Like, yes, they are the nobles, but they're also really taking good care of the people, and, like, they're so friendly, and they're not all stuck up. <laughs> but, like, they're also nobles? I don't know. And they're also, like, it, it's also, like, weird posturing, too, because even the nobles have, like, a whole thing about, like, oh, we know that, like, we're good nobles because we're like pushing against the class system but in ways that are like not very dramatic like there's a point at which george is like don't call me a gentleman i work for a living Mm -hmm. so clearly like there's still like this idea that like oh like it's there's something uncool about being like a lazy noble but also george has all of the benefits of being a noble at this point not at all points but at this point right Exactly. Actually, that's something that I hadn't really thought about uh, explicitly until you said it. But there is like this trend in real life and also these books of not aligning yourself with a place of privilege when you are in that privileged place because you think that you are um, because you think that you are allying yourself with the people outside of that group. And that's not really something you can do. That's not how things work. Like... That's not what life is. <laughs> like, you're part of a privileged group is the thing, even if you are working as an ally to someone else. 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess I also find it interesting because, like, the these people are, like, theoretically, like, the most powerful people in the kingdom, right? It's, like, the king and the queen mm-hmm. and, like, the most important special in that, like, if anybody would have the power to make social change, it would be them. And they're pushing back against this class system, but at the same time, not in a, a substantial way right now that, like, creates any sort of lasting change. And, I mean, Alana does say at one point, like, she was like, oh, I told this noble he had to arm his people, but then there could be a peasant uprising, so of course he didn't want to hmm. do that, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Fayette is pushing against it in a noticeable and impactful way because she has instituted education for free for Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah, I was about to bring that. I think I think there's a couple interesting things. I think, yeah, definitely it should be noted that um, they really like they are working to Mm -hmm. change the class system um, to a degree. Also, the fact that, you know, uh, the writers are like open to everyone and it's supposed to be mm-hmm. kind of a, a very um, class inclusive group but um, I do think that like yeah I, I think this is a less nuanced portrayal of class than we get later um, mm-hmm. I do think actually she this is one of the places where I think she improves significantly between Dane and um, Kel because mm-hmm. um, I think there's a little more interesting portrayals of the politics of class and Cal. Um, but yeah, at this point we're very much in this like, well, sure it's unequal, but like there are good people at the top and they are trying to make change. Mm -hmm. So like everybody should just like assume good intent. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, I, I I do wish there was a little more room for Mm -hmm. people to get snarky about it. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I mean, to be fair, I think it's also reasonable that different characters are going to have different reactions to things. Yeah, and the fact sure. that Dane is not as prickly as Alana, for example, is some of the charm of her as a character. Like, she's prickly, but she's not, like, she is very different from Alana, and she's not going to, like, rail against the system in the same way. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it is reasonable to have your protagonists have different reactions to bad things like that's good mm-hmm. yeah um <clears throat> i kind of want to go back to something that's not totally related to this but um in the very early parts of the book um this is very unrelated but no one would say. <laughs> make the transition anyway yeah in the very early parts of this book um onua was well dane was talking to onua and don't onua and dane said like well, you know, if a knight, if a woman can be a knight in Tortle, then maybe a woman can be a hostler too. And Onua was like, well, they let me be a hostler. And I want to know Onua's story very much. Like, I want to know whether or not she experienced similar sort of gender-based discrimination in her position as Alana did, but like openly, or like, was Onua also working in secret? Like, what's going on? Well, no, yeah, this is a fascinating question. And especially, I think it goes back to, well, I think it's actually a, a couple different things about it. So first of all, we do know a little bit about Onua's background, which is that mm-hmm. she was horribly beaten by her husband and left to die. Which, uh, the way that we found out about that was not great. 
because it was just like Dane was talking to Curry Taylor and Dane was like, I don't know if I belong here. And Curry Taylor was like, well, Sarge used to be a slave and Onawa got beat by her husband. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you her whole life. Let no. me share every secret anyone might have. Do not tell Curry Taylor your secret. Yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to point out that I have a lot of discomfort with the way that was shared before we go into No, that. yeah, no, that's totally fair. I, 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 am, I agree with you on that. I also do find it interesting, though, on a different side of like, um, in terms of like portrayal of violence against women, um, and the way the way that we do that in media, and I do, I have seen commentary that I agree with to some degree that, um, would be more favorable not towards that part of it, but towards the general role of it in this narrative, which is that, um, it's a part of her, but it's not like it's not on screen. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, like, the the guy never gets a place in this story. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's part of her and it's part of her backstory, but it's not there for narrative titillation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure whether that's an accurate portrayal of it in this book, but I don't know. That was something I was yeah. thinking about. I do appreciate that there is a character who has a background of having experienced, uh, having experienced like um, domestic violence without having to the making the reader also experience that domestic violence. I do also. I just I do have a problem with the idea of uh, I don't know. I just am usually uncomfortable when characters share information like that with one another oh. in general. Oh, yeah, absolutely. no, I think definitely that was not the right way to introduce that into the narrative. Absolutely yeah, like not. it should be introduced by the person who experienced it, right. in my opinion. Yeah, no, that, um, that was not great at all. Um, yeah. But all this was to say that what we know about Onua seems to be that that happened, I think, in Serain or wherever the Kamiri are. Yeah. Um. And then she ended up in Tortal. Some. And then she had, and then she had no friends except for the Queen and Bury. But then Numera became her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! We skipped ahead to friendship. But coming back for a second, no friendship. Um, no friendship. What I think what this means is that she was in this very horse-dominated society where she was probably working with horses, and where it's entirely possible that that was not a gendered thing. We don't know, but it's entirely mm-hmm. possible that in the Kamiri culture, everybody works with horses. Um, at least to some degree. Uh, and then she showed up and was working specifically for the riders, who were already a gender-integrated force. So we don't actually know that she was ever a hostler anywhere but this already tra- like gender-role-transgressive group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Onua. I hope she that is great. Yeah, I hope that she got to just like go straight into that because she deserves it because mm-hmm. she's excellent and great. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's anyone who doesn't deserve to like have be able to do what they want regardless of their gender, but like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the fact that she said that she knew that Burry and Thayet like to start with means that like Thayet could have been like do I ever have the woman for this job? The <laughs> I'm the queen and you can't stop Which me. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, I love Onoa. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> taking a moment for Onoa appreciation. This is re- legitimate. Onoa appreciation. Listen, I love Onoa more than I love any other character that has appeared up to this point. On a slightly different 
uh, topic, there was a point where, remember when Dane, like, tried to listen to the whales, the dolphins, somebody, and, like, slowed down her heart so much that she almost died? Oh Dane my is metal God. as hell. Dane is metal as hell. That's so funny. And she did die, fun. except that then they brought her back. She to died life. She for died. real because she wanted to hear some whales. Guys, I think the moral of that too is that she was technically practicing her, like, you know, the things she was learning. So I think the actual moral of that part was literally, like, don't study too hard. You might stop your heart. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. There was a line um, in during the fallout from that when. You know, Numer was being very angry because <laughs> Numer only knows how to ex- like show worry through anger, apparently. Um, oh, through drama of some yes. sort. He's a dramatic boy. <laughs> He's so dramatic. Um, uh, there was just like a line after that. It was very like that was very like. Oh yes, this is a feminism line. Oh, it was like it was Alana saying like, "And men say we're emotional." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like yes. This is a good thing to point out. Which is actually, like, not even the only point where they do that with mm-hmm. Numer, which I find interesting. Like, Numer is in some ways um, one of the more, like, pushing against gender roles as a yeah. male character in this narrative. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's that, and there is the fact that he is, like, way more dramatic than is clearly by that comment, like, acceptable for for the male gender role. But also... Uh, there are other points where, like, there's, like, the point at the very beginning where he, like, needs a hair tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a whole conversation where Dane is, like, I never knew that, like, men cared about how they looked. And Numer's just, like, yeah, we're just better at hiding it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I also like how, like, later they also make it clear that he, like, cares about clothes and things like that, too. Where yeah. they were, like, he likes dressing up and, like, he's fancy and he wears jewelry and stuff like that. It always takes him forever yeah. to get ready for fancy events. Yeah, I love that Numer is just, like, a very fancy guy with a lot of emotions, and he's also, like, portrayed in a positive light. Mm -hmm. Because that's not something you get a lot. Usually that's used specifically to kind of either villainize or, like, other, or, like, be a negative trait, like, a sign of something negative in a male character. And in this case, it's just like, that's Numer. He's doing, (laughs) he's doing his thing over there. He's a drama boy that wacky dude like yeah he's played as eccentric which isn't great but the fact that he's just like a multifaceted like positively portrayed character who also like uses lotion on his hair and um has a lot of feelings all the time and like understands other people's feelings is really nice i also this is like very tangential but when i was reading it this time when i was reading rereading this this time for the first time it popped into my head that this, like, my reading of him this time really reminded me of Hal, specifically from the animation of Hal's Swimming Castle, more so than the book. Anyway, so just dropping that in there, fancy boy wizards. <laughs> Amy, did you have a thing you were going to say? I feel like you had a tangent. Uh, I don't... Feminism well, I was, go- I was just going to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that I wrote, if you die in meditation, you die in real life. In regards <laughs> to Dane's... <laughs> Dane's things. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else related to feminism. I have, like... I, like, am disappointed by the fact that Alana has, like, three kids immediately after this and is just, like, living 
a vaguely wifely narrative, even though she's also like an amazing knight and everything. Um, which I don't know. I just are all of these people going to have nuclear families? No. <laughs> okay, cool. That's all I, I mean, I like, no know. spoilers, but no. no okay. Spoilers, but no. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, but I do feel like it's very important to more appears to have, like, this motherhood story, which is how I felt when I got to there. And I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about that for everybody. Especially, like, for Alana, based on the way she was portrayed before. Mm-hmm. I where, don't know. Where she was, like, very pushing against the idea of having to be a mother, etc. But, like, again, the point of the last book was that she chose to take the parts of both lives that, like, were hers and that she felt like she could have. But... I don't know. I think I I just really wanted her to like at least only have one kid. I also feel like it's important to note that in the context of this book, it does emphasize that she's shaping motherhood the way she wants it to be too. That like she's not being a mother the way everyone told her she had to be a mother either. She's you know they and and I think the kids are the ones who actually tell us this when mm-hmm. there's one of them who's basically basically not in as many words says. Our mothers go off and fight and our dads take the female, like, traditionally female parental role. Um, Like, protecting the household and everything, too. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I think that's important to recognize. Yeah, she's not, like, she's not compromising anything. Like, she's not compromising her career or her, like, how much she wants to, like, adventure or anything like that. And that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it is really cool. I'm coming at this from a place of I am in the desert looking for stories of women who are allowed to be adults without having like a husband and families. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still in that desert. I found a cactus and it was not full of water. It was not a story. (laughs) It was just a cactus. (laughs) (laughs) Every cactus is a story. (laughs) anyway so uh, (laughs) anyway so that's that's my other feminism thing i guess um if you guys don't have anything else i know amy and i had a lot of things we were sort of discussing as they came up sort of about the way that tamara pierce handles race in this book yeah Yeah. absolutely Onawa is definitely well we know for a fact (laughs) that Onawa is Kamir because every time Onawa talks (laughs) It's like the Khmer woman said. Yes. <laughs> Which is a little uncomfy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like slightly frustrating because you only do that as like to dis uh, if the person talking is a foreigner, right. you know, or like otherwise like ethnically different from the race from which the book's being told. Um, and that's not super comfy for me. Yeah, and it. It also implies that when that doesn't happen, that, you know, the people who, you know, don't get labels like that are just, like, white. Yeah, and, like, when Dane talks, it's never, like, the Gollin girl or the turtle horse pal. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would just be great. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it's just a little bit jarring because it feels mm-hmm. a little bit, like, it's not, like, overtly xenophobic or anything, but it just feels a little bit like you are not allowing that person to be fully, uh, like, integrated into the group that they are in when you do that. It is distinctly othering. It is, say- it is saying there is a default 
and then there's the other, and when the other is happening, we need to mark it. It is necessary to distinguish. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much for... Yeah, because I could not remember the word <laughs> othering. <laughs> <laughs> so, and also, mm, I did not love that Sarge was introduced as, first of all, right off the bat, the black man. Second of all, as soon as they meet him, she's, she's like, what's up with the scars on your wrists? And it's like, oh no. Yeah, I was... I was thinking also about how um the fact that first the that Sarge is both the only black character or explicitly black character we've met and also that he's our only representation of someone who has been a slave implies mm-hmm. it imp- it implies to me that um there's a similar history in this world of racialized exploitation to the one in ours just because that's our only representation of either of those identities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it is not, at least at this point, in any way directly addressed. Like, right. I think we do get more understanding of the Karthaki slave yeah. Yeah, I think that comes system up. later. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at this point, it's just like, oh, but you'll, like, take that as written because, of course, slaves are black. Mm-hmm. But, like, not actually how that works. It's just, like, our in like our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, again, the fact that he is the only slave, I don't know if there are, if, like, slaves, like, if slavery is has racial elements in Turtle, but, like, that, yeah. It's just, it just, I immediately had a lot of, like, alarms go off throughout me. This this does address a little bit, or can address, our questions that we had during the Alana books about whether, um, whether Tortal had slavery, and allowed slavery, because it seems to imply that it does not, and that this is where you go if you are escaped, if you escaped from that. That was something I thought when you guys brought that up last, when I was listening to those old episodes, was... I, I, I remembered that that was, in fact, yeah, that there was definitely not slavery in Tortal, and that that was a large plot point in the Dane books mm-hmm. that we have not even fully uncovered. Okay, so I think we've reached the limits to what we can discuss about this as it is germane to this book specifically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but let's put a bookmark in that for future books if it's going to occur again in the, in the later in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about this more. Shelby, do you want to say what you were going to say about mental illness? So I don't have, like, a firm thesis here, but I (laughs) did think it was worth discussing uh, Jane's experience with her wild magic as it relates to representation of mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. Because she is very explicitly worried throughout the book about being crazy and about Mm -hmm. other people perceiving her as crazy. And I don't know how I felt about it. I'm still thinking through it. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought about it like that before. I'm like, there's some interesting stuff about it. I think like it is very clear about how big a problem the stigma was. Like the reason why she didn't get help at any point for this thing that turned out to be super fixable um, <laughs> was because she was so terrified of how people would treat her. Um, on the other hand, as I just noted, like, it was kind of a representation of, like, mental illness that was also just like, oh, but actually it's just this quirk of her magic and we just put a glowing 
thing around the thing. And then it's all good. I mean, fantasy, uh, fantasy uh, Lexapro, you know? <sighs> that medication doesn't actually fix anything and you still need to do work and often continue therapy after that point, but it does help. Yes. Yeah. It's not that it doesn't fix anything. It's that it doesn't fix everything. Yeah. It's not, it's not an off switch. No. You still, so that's not, still not an accurate portrayal of even <laughs> fantasy uh, medication. Just, uh, just bring fantasy that up. medication. Thanks for clarifying <laughs> that, Amy. <laughs> Thanks. I made a joke, but I just want to make sure everyone knows. <laughs> like Joke not reflective of all worldview. If you start taking medication and it doesn't start working immediately and you don't feel fixed or the way that your peers feel that's normal, there's still work you have to do. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you can do it and I believe in you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Amy just left the room. <laughs> Amy did leave the room. She's still right here. That was a good joke for audio. Great work. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm interested in uh, Dane's experience in terms of specifically like uh, anxiety that comes from having a mental illness or that is exacerbated by the mental illness that you have and the outward effects that it has. Mm. Um, because that's like, I think that she's not as worried about it except as it relates to other people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, like with animals, it's not something she's specifically worried about except for if she starts losing herself in it, she feels like that's wrong specifically because like she is a person and people are not supposed to also be wolves. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, so I think there is like a largely social aspect to it that I think ties in really well. And a lot of the negative impacts of it are just her anxiety about dealing with it. Um, It's also really nice. I mean, although like in this book, the Tamora Pierce solution was a very easy solution. Like Dane like confronts like her anxiety about telling her friends about this and tells her friends. And then Numera's like fixed. Yay. But like also... (laughs) That being said, like, both Onoa and Numera were, like, super supportive, like, when she was, like, this is a huge burden. They were, like, wow, like, that must be a huge burden. I can't understand exactly, like, how you would feel, but, like, I love you and support you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, it is really important to have a support system when you are working through mental illness, and it is really hard to get that when you have a mental illness to make, tie this right back in there. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So I think that like, if you like, I think that that's a good reading specifically because like not a good reading, but like a, like, I think that that's a really great reading to have specifically because it is something that you need to do and that you need to have a model for doing is like saying like, here's something that happens to me and I'm terrified of it, but you should know about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right that her, like, it was hard, but her reaction to that stigma and her reaction to it was a healthy thing when it happened there are just like a lot of narratives that are like you have to suffer through it alone and just power through it and mm-hmm. that's how you fix yourself and mm-hmm. not no. that's not no it's sort of dane's i mean i guess you could have sort of interpret her solution as like not like she was fixing herself but she was reconciling this part of herself that really is part of herself with other parts of herself and like mm-hmm. learning to incorporate it into a person but also like live healthily oh yeah when i say fix yourself i'm doing it in a vaguely mocking way <laughs> of um writers who have no experience with mental illness who try to write about mental illness anyway which is admirable but like listen to people first <laughs> and like really with empathy i do think that 
part of the problem here was I'm not sure she was thinking that she was writing about mental illness, which Mm -hmm. for someone who is literally calling herself crazy at points, like maybe you are, maybe you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At the very least, it's like a corollary and there aren't really, well, the only other mentally ill character that we've encountered has been Josie Ann and who boy. (laughs) (laughs) So conclusion, better than Josie Ann. (laughs) <laughs> Better than Josie Ann. <laughs> Didn't do a cat murder. <laughs> 10 out of 10. This is like not quite the same, but I also really appreciate like, maybe this is more friendship. So I don't know, it might be bleeding into our next section, but I really appreciate the way that like Onoa dealt with like Dane's like intense grief mm-hmm. and is like, yeah. listen, like, you can talk about it when you're ready and I will always listen to you. And also is like, like in a way that's not like super invasive, but like warns people around her, like Dana is dealing with a huge emotional burden. So sorry that sometimes she acts really emotional, but like you have to understand that. I love Odo so much. <laughs> She's the like, best. Yeah. I really appreciate the way... Like, I just really appreciate the way that both Numera and Onoa, like, interact with Dane when Dane is specifically experiencing, like, her grief or memories of home. Like, mm-hmm. they just, like, like there's a point where they give her a job specifically to distract her um, because that's what she needs at that time. But, like, when she wants to talk about it, they let her talk about it. And, like, it's just really nice to see people dealing with grief in a way that's not pressuring them to be at a point that they are not at yet. She's, it's so good. It's so well done, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think especially because, like, having, like, a dead parent or, like, a killed parent is, like, a huge trope in a lot mm-hmm. of books. And I feel like this is a really, like, awesome, like, way of, like, dealing with the grief and having her work through it with a support system that I don't see in a lot of books where it's just, like, vague trauma. Yeah. Yeah, usually yeah. it's either, like, it's just trauma that will occasionally be plot relevant but is not really dealt with otherwise. Mm-hmm. Or it's, yeah. like, a big, like thing where like where they are at in the grieving process is inappropriate for the plot and must be like pushed oh also wait one thing that i want to bring up sorry unrelated yeah the horses have monarchy wait what the horses oh, yeah. have monarchy did i miss the horses <laughs> they have they don't have a monarchy because they don't have governments they just have a, a hierarchy yeah, okay, the horses have a hierarchy, but they do explicitly have a stallion king. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Animals have dominance hierarchy. I mean, okay. yeah, mostly. Yeah. Like, and rigorous ones, too, depending on the species. Like, ones that are so codified that it's, like, each individual, like, has a specific spot within the social order of the group. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was calling the no-fun police by bringing up the horse monarchy. <laughs> No fun police, and I'm here to tell you that <laughs> animal society is not egalitarian. <laughs> this concludes very fast biology for this episode. <laughs> Bring Ignore. us the friends. Bring friends, us friends, the friends. Friends, 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 friends. Okay, I'm chanting the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, all right, folks, it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for. Queen's Riders. And guess what? There's actually Queen's Riders in this book and we love them. Whoa! Can we open this with the best friend quote from this book? Yes. The best friend quote, yes. Which is, I've gone from having one home to too many. (laughs) 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 
has so many friends who live in so many different places just like us. And they're from so many species. Uh, just like us. Uh, no. Let's... I love her friends. I love how many friends Dane just collects by showing up and being incredibly metal. Oh, God. And everybody's like, Dane's my new best friend. And then she's like, okay, yes. And, like, she's so mad all the time, and she's going through grief, and she has this big secret that she can't tell anyone about, and, like, people are still out there for her, and people are still, like, being friends, like, oh my god, Miri and Evan, Dane shows up and is talking to Miri, and then Evan's like, hey, what's that behind your ear? I just did some close-up magic. My name's Evan. This is all I do in this book. He also gets some good horses, but that's that's giving ahead. Uh, but no, they're just like they're. She has like the nice like mom friend who's like gotta make sure that like the new kid has a place to sit at dinner, and then she's got like you know the good theater friend who you always need for entertainment purposes. Like, <laughs> uh, I just yeah, I feel like she has a lot of friends. It's really awesome. <laughs> I love it. Her animal friends are great too. Like Cloud takes such good care of her, and I really, Cloud. I really like it. Cloud. Are we already skipping to the animals? Because there's gonna be so much animals. Oh, too. I guess no, not yet. We can. We I, if we're doing it in order. One of my favorite things about Miri and Evan specifically is Tamorphius's like description of them through Dane's eyes. Like literally, like the second day that she's known them, when she's like picking horses for them. She like she said like she put her hand on Mary's shoulder and she could feel the palpable love of life radiating off the girl. I was like, is that something you feel? Also, you've known her. You've had like three conversations with her, and then and then she's like, she sees like the horses that Evan picks, and she's like, ah, the second horse was mellow and matched the sweetness that lay his bones. Which also that lay close to his bones is how she described it, which is Weird. the grimmest and like. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. And it was just, like, in a loving way and in a, like, very, like, bright, we're outside playing with horses. I mean, to be fair, that is kind of, like, a, like, just phrase that people have. Like, you know, she was nice down to her bones. Like, also, No, but she didn't say she was nice down to her bones. The book said he had a, it it lay close to his bones, which is, like... The connotations of it are completely different. Oh, the fact that it switches it switches up the language instead of using a phrase we already know kind of calls attention to it and makes it a little weirder. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit more weird. <laughs> like, this, you've known this kid for, like, less than a day. <laughs> like, please, Dane, calm down. But I also love it. Well, Dane can talk to animals in a very deep mental way. And what is a human if not another kind of animal? That's so true. Yeah. That is really just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, but I really like Miri a lot, actually. Um, Evan doesn't do anything except close-up magic, which means that I do have to love him, but also be, like, mildly disdainful of him. (laughs) Um, But I really love Miri because she's just, like, super wholesome and just really wants to be part of the riders but can't ride a horse. And I respect (laughs) that so much. Yeah, I like Miri a lot. And like you already addressed, I mean, I think I feel like the shining friendship moment here is Dane plus Onoa friendship. I also love yeah. Onua and Numer's friendship oh, moments. Oh, so true. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, because it's just like, we did some Master Pierce theater last night. Um, and <laughs> it was basically just Numer being Numer. And Onua is just always like, I would have let you die. <laughs> <laughs> best friends. I'm like, he's so extra. And she just shoots him down over and over. 
I love it. I love it so much. It's like such a specific kind of friendship that really only works if you have the exact right kind of personality and that you affirm each other in other times because otherwise it's just terrible. But like they clearly love each other so much. (laughs) But like she's just so fed up with him (laughs) and he loves her so much. Yeah, we pictured, we also, we pictured several other scenarios under which Numer, like, introduced himself to people when he was trying to become best friends with them when he, like, moved to Tortal. Oh, one of them was, one of them was that he, like, came into the room for the first time and, like, slid across the room on his knees with, like, a rose in his mouth and then, like, handed it to Alana. <laughs> idea why he's even friends with Onua like like it's you know she's we know that he like kind of joined the court and like it makes sense if it's a little weird that he's friends with all of like the cool people but she's just like the person who takes care of horses for one specific branch of the armed forces so like how did they end up in a room together he doesn't work with the riders that much as far as we know like he is clearly just the sort of person who goes everywhere regardless of if he's invited there and like tries to make (laughs) friends with everybody and tries to do like things where he like he tries to look cool by doing his magic stuff but he's actually just kind of dorky and bad at it like he's not bad at the magic and he's very charismatic but like <laughs> we had another vision that we created of Numer, which is that he's always like standing at the edge of a cliff with like flower petals like 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 falling around him and everybody's like Numer, stop it with the flower petals and he's like, What? I I don't know what you're talking about And they're like, You're you're obviously doing it. Yeah, like Ono was just like, You almost got stuck as a hawk because you were using your wild magic bad. Stop doing the petals. <laughs> like Oh, we lo- we're we're a pro Onua Numer friendship household. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> uh, and that's not even getting into the animal friendships. Like we're just talking about the human friendships There's right some now. Solid human friendships. And here. like we aren't even rehashing the old friendships mm-hmm. from the last book, which I like was we could. About to say, yeah, like I love that Maud was there just very yeah. briefly, but we did uh-huh. get to find out that yeah, of course Maud just moved to Pirate Swoop because that's mm-hmm. where her girl was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's her kid. Mm-hmm. He, uh, do we have other human friendships that we want to talk about? Because, like, I am kind of, as Kelly said, rearing at the bit Chomping. to get to some horse friends. Horse friends! Horse friends. None uh, of these horses are magic, but it's fine. Well, none of these horses are more magic than other horses. Um, all horses are apparently magic. No, yeah. actually, one horse is distinctly more magical than other horses. Okay, so I just totally missed the part where one horse is significantly more magical than other horses. No, it's yeah. cloud. Is it cloud? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, like, specifically say, like, Dane is so magic that, like, some of her magic has just transferred to cloud and cloud is extra special. Yeah, that's... No, I would... But that... Cloud is not innately more magic than other horses. Mm-mm. And no. he wants a flying horse here. <laughs> I don't want a flying horse. I want a horse magician. <laughs> oh my god, horse mage. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Oh my gosh, Cloud and Dane are oh, best friends. Beautiful, I love it. <laughs> Cloud is so starky. <laughs> Cloud is always down to rag on Dane, which I love. Uh-huh, she is not there for Dane's nonsense. My favorite <laughs> part is literally the part during the climax where Cloud is like, I've been looking for you all over. <laughs> 
She's been like wandering around, getting in trouble, and she's like climbed the stairs to the ramparts or something to find Dane. I also like like how she like casu- like low key insults other people too. Like she calls me a stork man. Like that really takes away a lot of his dignity, and I appreciate it. That's great. Thank you, Cloud. Thank you, Cloud. Uh, there are so many good animal friends, though. Like, not even just Cloud. Like, Tahoy. Awesome. Oh. He's just, like, so afraid, but also so brave. <laughs> and also, as a dog person, I just really appreciated the introduction scene with Tahoy, where, like, uh, Ono is like, he's a one woman dog. And Dane's like, uh huh. <laughs> and uh, Ono is just like, he's not normally like this because like that was like both like a great like introduction of like all animals just love dane but also i like dare you to find one dog like dog owner who has not encountered that experience of like in advance telling people like oh no like my dog's scared of men or like oh no like my dog is super friendly and then the dog's just like yeah not today (laughs) because that has happened to me with every dog i've ever had Oh uh, yeah, it's always super good, and I love that his name means ox, but just because he's super big and not because of any part of his personality. <laughs> uh, I love animals that are named after other animals. <laughs> Weasel. Um, I like I like both Amy and I like the sea lion that like accidentally almost kills Dame, but then it's like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to my family. <laughs> Yeah. Can you bring me some fish, please? <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of ocean friends, this is not necessarily a friend per se, but the fact that Dane was just like talking to the creatures in the ocean and being like, please help. And then the Kraken was like, I'll throw down for anybody. Give me <laughs> like, 10 please, minutes. I've been bored for so long. <laughs> I want to wreck something. Also, like the plot point, which was never resolved, which we realized it's like, okay, so Dane's like, I think Numer can get rid of the Kraken. And then they like, Numer woke up half a day before you, but don't worry, he and Alana already scared the Kraken away. Like, how? Like, they could not fight the ships off. Like, only the Kraken could do that, yet they could somehow be like, hey, Kraken, you better leave within like several hours. And the Kraken was like, okay, bye. The Kraken <laughs> has been ready to fight for like, hundreds of years at this point probably and uh, and he's willing to leave from the prime fight real estate because like the lanky boy and alana the lioness just show up and are like please go home i will say i like your reading of this situation uh but also it is firmly established that during the fight new mare is like pretty much completely incapacitated and uh Mm -hmm. alana is out of the picture but now they're, oh, like, both so. there and get to be their dream team and everything's cool. So, mm. like, together, I don't really have faith that they can take on a Kraken. But apparently they can. <laughs> <laughs> they, maybe they just, like, lied to the Kraken a bunch. Anyway, sorry. This isn't friendship. Maybe and they there are like, so we like <laughs> We, like, oh, my God. They just reintroduced the concept of calamari to the oh, Kraken. God. They just were like, this is a thing that we eat routinely. <laughs> so, like, like watch it. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, that's very rude of you. I'm going back to the ocean because of your insensitivity. <laughs> I also like, I like, like, Dane's, like, obvi- the obvious intro to friendship with a dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. I know Amy's mm-hmm. super excited. So, like, Dane's going to be a dragon's parent now. Yeah. Dane has adopted a child and it is a dragon. Yeah, it's it's a mood ring that. dragon. They change colors. They're mood ring dragons. <laughs> yeah. Also, this dragon's name is Sky Song. Uh huh. 
And her her horse's name is Cloud. Uh-huh. And so, like, she's just also going to have a sky theme, I guess. Um, but, like, she's going to be a dragon's parent. Is she ready for this responsibility? She's 13 years old and all she's done so far is murder people and also get good at magic. Well, one time she did bring a baby slash fetus dragon back to life. Okay, fair. <laughs> but it's, that's pretty responsible. Fair. This one in particular. Yeah, the specific one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'm just like, what is the next book going to be about another book where a protagonist learns about motherhood? Because if so... I'll read the book, uh... Amy. What if it's a man of war? Oh, you're right. <laughs> distraction. Yeah. Distraction. Can we strong. explain to the populace why we keep asking Amy if things are an animorph? Because that seems like backstory that is necessary. And the episode did open with me describing the plot of book 12, The Reaction, um, which is a Rachel book uh, where Ra- the cover features Rachel's turning into a, a crocodile. I said alligator, but I did mean crocodile. So I think the people know. Okay. Amy Fair. likes animorphs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much what you need to know. Yeah. Anyway, so back to Animal Friends. She, the Griffins, super cool. I love the Griffins. Oh my god. I'm so into them. Like, they're like, uh, they're so pretentious and I love them. Yeah. And like, they just care about truth so much that no one can lie to them. Like, they (laughs) care that much about objective truth, which is super cool and super weird. And I kind of want to go deeper into that society, but we can't because they are largely uh, solitary within other than their herds. Uh, So other mythical animals that happened, uh, we haven't talked about the like uh, the immortals at all. I realized Mm -hmm. Uh, those aren't friends. We talked a little bit last episode. Oh, we did. I forgot already. Um, We did talk about the immortals and they're like, they're not friends, but I do I do... Uh, you mean the mean immortals. Yeah, the mean immortals. There are immortals who are friends, like the, uh, not the Nixie. What's the water creature that Undine. happened? The Undine. Yeah. That's not like a friend, but that's a potential friend, I think. Most things in the ocean are potential friends. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Okay, so for me, best animal friendship moment, best animal friendship moment is 30 bats just yes. hanging out with her. <laughs> And she walks into the castle with 30 bats and is like, excuse me, this is very important. I know it's the middle of the night and I know I'm covered in bats, but we've got to talk, George. (laughs) And the bats are just like chilling and being like, I saw some people. Yeah, let's do some math together. Some of the bats are very scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh, that makes me remember that we missed an important animal or non-animal friendship, though, because I was thinking about other animal friendships, and I was remembering a cat, and then that made me realize we didn't talk about her ducklings. Her ducklings. Her ducklings, which are not animals. Yes, but the small children—they're yeah. so great. They're pretty cute. One of them was it Tom who was talking to Alana and was like, "Mom, ogres are huge." <laughs> the uh, best child. <laughs> that sounds like it. That sounds like it could potentially be cute. <laughs> Amy and I may have this problem where we think animals are way cuter than children. Uh-huh. Okay, look, I agree <laughs> I, with you, I mean... but but also the word "buge" is adorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once you. Like, when you get up close, it does become overwhelming to be near a child. <laughs> no, kids are good. But I, do, I do think that I like that they're kind of, like, becoming established as characters in this book. And, like, they have unique personalities. And they all seem, like, 
nice caring children, which is like a nice like continuation of their parents being like cool, caring people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also like like relatably that like as soon as they find out that Dane can like make animals come to her and they could also hang out with animals, they're like new best friend because I would totally <laughs> have done that like as a five year old. Like oh my god, you're my hero. I liked how every time Dane woke up, it was like, there were like six animals oh, sleeping next to her. I love that. What a dream. I, yeah. Uh, I, I want to be best friends with all the animals. And she was very matter of fact about it. She's like, oh, there's just like a small predator like snuggled up with me. This is normal. Mm-hmm. The one time when she's le- sleeping somewhere that can't happen, like she just basically mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. then she always, like, goes and finds a place where she can go sleep where some animals can go hang out with her. <laughs> so Which, good. Which, like, I also identify with because it's only been, like, a year, but it's already really hard for me to sleep without Casper, like, being there. Because I'm just like, but then it's good and cozy. Oh, That's adorable. <laughs> One more animal friendship to mention, importantly. Not that we're done with it after this, but the badger. Okay, so the badger is Dane's dad. Or an animorph. The badger ripped off his own finger and then gave it to Dane as a gift because everyone in this book is metal as hell. <laughs> yes. Some some creatures are literally metal, uh, aka mm-hmm. the immortals, but this badger ripped off his own finger and just gave it to Dane and was like, right. here's a gift for you so that I know where to find you. Right. So he's her dad now. Yeah. Well, he's always been her dad. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. You can't convince me I'm wrong because I'm right. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. It's an anamorphs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you distracted yourself this time. I didn't even have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but okay, so what's up with the badger? I don't know, Amy. Is it an... I can leave if you want to talk about <laughs> anamorphs. There is a section that does require me to leave so that you can talk about how right I am about how the badger is Dane's dad. We've said goodbye to Amy for a, a, a little bit so that we can move on to Night Vision. This time, it's spelled it's spelled N-I-G-H-T this time because we've moved <laughs> on to the, the animal series and not the, not the military series. So um, yeah, Night Vision, where we talk about spoilers. There's going to be um, a short clip of music uh, and, then, and then some music will play when we're done with it in, in, case, in case you want to skip it. Hey, folks, how about those spoilers? Well, can we start by uh, literally addressing what Amy just said? Oh, that's yeah. true, we can. Because she did, in <laughs> fact, say that the badger was uh, Dane's dad, which is like, I think, as uh, Abby said when we were discussing this earlier today, way closer than she intends that to be. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. I know that she doesn't wholeheartedly think that, but half-heartedly, perhaps. <laughs> she, she did. She did pick up on the thing where when Dane dies, um, there's the person standing next to her mom that has antlers, and she was like, "Oh, so Dane's dad has antlers." And I was like, <laughs> "Animorphs." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, nice little piece of foreshadowing there. The other nice piece of foreshadowing for directly the next book is that, like, one of the quirkier things I think about how this book plot plays out with the next book is that, like, we get all of her background with this wolf pack without any implication that they'll show up again because they're, like, off in a different country. Mm -hmm. But 
And we don't even get, like, any of their names or anything. But then, like, next. I think that's really cool. And, yeah, one other thing I realized when I was reading this book and when I was trying to tell Amy about the series without telling her about it is that Dane doesn't, like, learn how to turn into animals for a while. And I can't remember when or how that happens. It's in the second it's book. It's next book. It's in yeah. the second book. It's Good. every time Good. she kept talking about turning into a wolf, I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> You have no idea. I know. I was like, this is, you're going to, like, I keep telling Amy, you're going to like this even more. Like, the further you read, you, you are going to like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Okay. Now, like, the spoiler that, like, breaks my heart. So, I read this so many times when I was younger. And it was only, like, when I started rereading it in college that I was, like, obviously, like, Dane and Numera's relationship was freaking me the heck out and it's so hard for me because when I read it when I was younger like I thought that was really romantic and then also like I loved him as a character like before that so now like rereading these early books like he is so spoiled for me but I still want to like like him in these early books when he's not a major creepo but uh I'm doing a very good job of remaining in denial which like I feel like so I was a little creeped out by him even as a kid um Mm -hmm. Or at least, like, I, yeah, yeah, I was, I was not comfortable with that relationship as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, but I was, did pretty much always just ignore it for the first two books very <laughs> successfully. Yeah. And I am maintaining that streak and proud of it. Okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, I just, yeah, that's all. It just makes me sad. I want to love you, fancy boy, but <laughs> you're making it difficult for me. That's a thing that's gonna happen also it like creeps me out especially much because like in this book he like very much treats her like a child which is true she is 13 and he's in his late 20s but like the next two the next set of books happens within the next two years like you made that complete turnaround boy in two years that is wrong like the way you're treating her now is more correct (laughs) later is wrong (laughs) it's not good uh uh Anyway, okay, that's all for that. I'll pretty much say the same thing in every book. I'll be sad about it. Yeah. Uh. Oh, other foreshadowing stuff is I couldn't remember when I read this about Numera again. Like, if they ever explain his backstory. Because here they, like, bring up his old name and they're like, oh, he escaped, blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember if they ever come back to that and say what actually happened. I think there's more in the third book. There's, yes, there's a bunch in the third book when we go back to the country that he came from. Mm -hmm. And also... There's a ton in the books which are currently coming out about New Mare. Oh, which no. I will read because I still love him even though I hate him. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited to read them, but I'm so torn. But, oh. I'm just really excited for like the arc of these books and how like in the end they're going to be like, so the immortals, they guess they gotta stay here. Even though at the beginning of this book, Dane was like, they're not natural and they give me a weird feeling. Yeah. I just really love that arc. And I felt like I had to express that. And it's also fascinating. Yeah. And presumably we can talk about this more later, but this idea that, like, these, you know, supernatural immortal creatures, like, kind of are embodied lessons for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, trippy on a world-building level, but it's even trippier when you connect it to the fact that that is what mythical creatures yeah. are, like, in the context of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's really cool. So yeah. yeah, that is made real in this world and just which is just like a kind of trippy storytelling concept. Uh, yeah. 
And just like the idea that just because something like seems terrifying and maybe antagonistic towards mm-hmm. you does not mean that it's unnatural or wrong. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Like that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are all discussions to be picked back up again. So, I hope you guys had fun. What are we doing now? What are we up to? How's it hanging? Um, we're we're at the chamber of the ordeal, the part where we uh <laughs> rate rate this book. So we're gonna be- rate it based on nostalgia and, of course, on animal friendship. And then we're also gonna just say who we would recommend this book to. So who wants to start? Well, I'll <laughs> start because I can't rate it on nostalgia. Yeah, what are you rating on? <laughs> I will rate it on uh on uh, murders in cold blood yeah good uh so yeah so i think there were about seven of those so a seven out of ten (laughs) um uh in the end she does commit harp or stormwing regicide which Mm -hmm. is incredible um (laughs) is it regicide if it's a not your king and or b in the context of battle hmm Hmm. that's Hmm. a good question Listeners, weigh in, because I don't know. Audience participation. Yeah. Uh, and for animal friendship, I, again, I have no schema on how much better the animal friendship is going to get. I assume it's going to get better, but I, like, my threshold right now is this is the best animal friendship so far. So that's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, Snaps for that. Yeah. And I would recommend this to uh, me at age seven <laughs> uh, because I really want, like, the f- you guys just kept describing it as just animals, animals, animals. And I thought it was going to be like a sweet, nurturing book about, like, learning to love yourself and your friends, like every horse girl book. Have but you no. ever met any animals? <laughs> what? Yeah. Have you met any animals, Amy? <laughs> Well, now that you're saying it, I can't remember any. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, I guess I'll go next again because I'm going next to Amy. Um, I don't know. I love these books, obviously. So I think for me, this one, I think it's a solid, I think it's a solid 10 out of 10 of nostalgia. I love the first book. I love the Dane's super magical and here are all her super magical cool friends and here are all her super cool animal friends. I really like it. Um... 10 out of 10 for me too on animal friends. I think all the animal friendships in here are really wholesome. Um, I might just rate every book 10 out of 10 on animal friends. We'll see how that <laughs> yeah. goes. I think um, we can also, like, should you need it, like, it is firmly established in our culture that the only rating systems that are allowed to go above their top rating are, in fact, animal rating systems. Perfect. Perfect. So if you need a good 11 or 12 out of 10, like, it's, it's in your back pocket. I, I will reserve that <laughs> for for future ratings. Um, I would I think I would recommend this. I like I would like to say everybody I recognize. Although Amy did enjoy it on her read as a twenty something, <laughs> probably I would recommend it for younger folks. But I would recommend it across the board for younger folks. I think it's awesome. Has cool strong female characters. Has lots of animals. Pretty healthy relationships for the most part. I like it a lot. So I failed. Because I did not rate this prior to this podcast, <laughs> but I can do it now. <laughs> Learning. This is my first first episode or recording session. Oh, rate. Oh, I just rated it just now, so don't worry, Shelby. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> uh, so nostalgia wise, I would say 
maybe a good 8 out of 10. Like, it was very, very good, and I loved it very, very much. Um, but, like, I didn't have as many, like, strong memories of this specific one of this series um, as I did some of the other ones, so it was mostly just, like, like I, I, I remembered enjoying it, and I did enjoy it, and there were, like, some specific things that I had kind of forgotten about that were just, like, delightful whenever they happened. Usually they were cloud-related. Um, mm. And then Animal Friendship, I mean, that gives it away. The Animal Friendship was very good. <laughs> so I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna also go with Kelly and and say like ten out of ten, reserving my option for more than ten out of ten. <laughs> Who would you recommend this to? Oh yes. Um. Well, I definitely would go with Kelly. Like I think pretty much anyone who's young could enjoy it. But also in terms of thinking about like where to start people, like if you have a kid in front of you and you want them to read Tamara Pierce, mm-hmm. I would say like. If you have any indication they like animals, this is the one to start with. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, because, like, the good thing is, like, it doesn't matter, really, whether you're a wolf person or you're, you know, a horse person or whatever. Like, it's all here for you. <laughs> it really is. Uh, let's see. So I think, let's see, I gotta go, I think, with 10 out of 10 for nostalgia. There were, like, some really good, like, I mean, like, overall it was great. But also, like, I would read a sentence and just be like, Wow! Classic Tamara Pierce. So snarky. <laughs> so good. You know? And then, like, I'd read three more sentences and be like, oh, another one. This is so good. <laughs> uh, so, like, just really good, like, writing-wise. Love the characters. But there was also the, like, bonus, like, meta-nostalgia of, like, you know, meeting characters who we already love. Uh, like, you know, Thayette. Mm-hmm. You know, who we love. Um... Let's see. Uh, Animal Friendship? I think I've... Man, I've got to give it, I think, a 10 out of 10 just because Dane (laughs) is friends with every animal. She loves every animal. She's friends with all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And also sometimes she's covered in 30 bats. Uh, And that's the best kind of friendship of all. I mean, I think that's a really fair point to make. There is no animal she does not make friends with, therefore there was nowhere for her to lose points. Right. I would say that the only place where she didn't make friends with an animal was with the whales. That's true. There were the whales. She did, like, go into the whale's house and be like, throw down for me. And the whales (laughs) were not throw down type animals. Yeah. There was a misunderstanding there. So I would recommend this to everybody who talks to animals as if the animal can reply back. Um, oh, that's good. Yes. That's really yeah. good. Which I do all the time, so I'm speaking from personal uh-huh. experience here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also recommend this to your younger brothers or older brothers. Let's do some listener mail. Um, it's time for Palace Gossip. Let's see. Gonna read some letters. Oh, we didn't... We didn't mention, we forgot to mention Oh no, that's because I saw that one. I saw that one and I was waiting for this. I would have brought it up otherwise. I saw it and was also waiting for this. Okay, so so we're going to we're going to get to this now. So, um Indigohan on Twitter has asked uh, asked us um so we all know Tamara Pierce sucks at naming things, which is <laughs> I mean, Maybe a little harsh, but I get it. Does she suck or is she brilliant? (laughs) Yes, that's the real question. Maybe we're meant to assume that Dark Moon is a descendant of darkness and moonlight, because of course she would. And this was also my first reaction. 
So Dark Moon, for anyone who has forgotten, is Alana's new horse, who is the grandchild of Moonlight. He is golden, and he has a black mane. Mm-hmm. Which, incredible. Uh-huh. Also, like, we have to assume that means that there is another horse out there, and its name is Lightness. Where is Lightness? <laughs> and does Lightness have a black body and a golden mane? <laughs> the answer is And where's yes. Moonness? Where's Dark Light? <laughs> There, there, you know what? There's a whole generation in between that we haven't seen. You're right. <laughs> oh my god, Darklight is the worst name for a horse, but now it's also my favorite horse name. Oh my god. I think that's a very valid reading. And I don't want it to be true, but I think it might be. Oh, it is absolutely true. And also, like Kelly and I, to just take this moment to do a little extra very quick bio and mention that that's definitely how genetics work and (laughs) you absolutely get the descendant of an animal from just like throwing together different parts Mm -hmm. just make yourself a little punnet square and you will find out that this works out perfectly (laughs) yeah actually like you can't see me but the left half of me looks exactly like my dad the right half looks exactly like my mom and you know I think I look great yeah I think so too, Amy. Thank you so much. We're very body positive here, I guess. Yeah. Um, All bodies are good bodies. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're split down the middle, one half each of your parents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, I had that realization about halfway through reading the book. Uh, really? Because dark- I had that the moment they said Dark Moon. I was just like, See? Really? No, I was just like, that's a bad horse name. And then I kept reading. And then, like, the next time I saw it. But, yeah, no, I went, oh, my God, that name. And then I went, oh, my God, that coloring. (laughs) Oh, my God, Jonathan's horse is probably lightness. Probably. You're right. And I I wanted to mention, since, like, my, my other first reaction, so I suppose my second reaction, was that this this naming system is... Like, clearly, Alana is now going through her emo phase. John had one, <gasps> but now it's Alana's emo phase. Wait, you're right, because Lightness is, like, the preppiest horse name you could have. They switched on the goth prep axis. Yeah. <laughs> this is incredibly important for our characterization of these characters. Anyway, thanks, Indigo. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for your, for your contribution. We needed to talk about this. I hope this helped. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to everyone who interacted with us on Tumblr. So, Amy, what's the dates on February 17th to today, March 31st, 2018? Yes. So that is uh, The Sober Folly, Zombie, Alexusol, Fairy Tale on Fire, Weird Kid 20, Hulklinging, Princess Court 223, The Blackness Dyer, Charmed Randy, Smelly with a 3 instead of an E, nice ranger danger <laughs> and terror of the seas oh and it's balderdash and tartan girl 13 thank, thank you, you all of you thank you uh we love reading what you have to say and if you'd like to interact with us uh on social media uh our tumblr is tortal recall at tumblr.com we are on twitter at tortal recall our email address is tortal recall at gmail.com and our website is tortellrecall.com. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we would really appreciate it. We love all of you who have already done that. Thank you. Thank, um, thank you. 
I just want to say before we leave, I am editing the ACLU of Pennsylvania's podcast, Speaking Freely. So uh, if that's out and that sounds like something you would want to check out, it's about speaking to its interviews with people who are affiliated with the ACLU of Pennsylvania or who have been affected by the ACLU and other issues that the ACLU is dealing with right now. Um, and that comes out bi-weekly and it is on iTunes as of this podcast, probably. <laughs> so if you would want to check that out, that would be really cool. It gives you action items and stuff if you live in Pennsylvania. So it could help you out this, it, and you know, it's probably pretty good. I haven't edited an episode yet, but the <laughs> interviews, the interviews that I have are super good. So just if that sounds interesting to you, interesting to you, please just take a look. And a listen. Oh, and our music is Green Sleeves by Zeta. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Our bonus music is Crunk Night by Craig McLeod. All right. Uh, Shelby, do you want to sign us off? Shelby really does not want to sign us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I am the rookie now. It is my, it is my duty. So, see ya, tortellini. Thank you, Shelby. <laughs> oh my god, guys. Can I sleep now? Yeah, go take a nap. <laughs>